once again it is Monday night. <laughs> yeah. I'll get used to it. You will. I have to take care of a few past folks. Oh, well. You know, God bless. It's all right. It's fine. Um, how have you been? What's up? Good, fine, busy. Christmas is coming. I know. Can you believe Less it? Less than two weeks. What happened? I don't know where this year went. I remember us sitting here with the noise because you had the door open. It was hot. Yes. And we just, we basically heard him build the house. Yeah. Yeah, here we are now froze. And of course it's 40-something, but I know people are saying they have no idea. Yeah. Sorry. How have you been? Good. Good. You're hanging in there? Hanging in there, yeah. It would be real nice if, um, you know, my family would tell me what they want for Christmas. Yeah. But like I told you, um, it's going to be mouthwash under the tree. So be nice. It's just going to be like three bottles of mouthwash. Then that's what they get. Now here, I told I told Chris this. I don't feel bad about this either. Okay. So for stocking stuffers, huh. most... Uh, Almost all the stocking stuffers are like sundries. So like toothpaste, toothbrushes, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. We have so much surplus from oh. the pandemic. I am going to go into the pandemic closet, so which is also our closet, our towel closet. I'm just going to pull stuff out of there and you. put it in their stockings because they will not know. They won't know the difference. No. I give panties. <laughs> I love that you put the panties in the, do you, in the stocking. Panties, socks, and undershirt. That's so awesome. And they always say we we will our underwear will be so ripped this and that, but we say oh only one more month and we oh. get the new panties. <laughs> now I know my I have mostly sons, but I do call them panty. <laughs> and they tough it out until they Christmas. They tough it out, and they're only getting Walmart. It's oh. not going to be no. Uh, Giorgio Armani or whatever it is brand or jockey, huh? Honestly, I don't think it matters. They don't care. No, Hanes is just fine. That's just fine. Or Fruit of the Loom, whatever's yes. cheaper. There, or there's one more brand there. The cheapest is what these people are going to get. Okay. You know. Now I always get an extra thrill when you're looking through all of the underwear, like yeah. all the selection, and uh, it says. Bonus to underwear. Oh, I'm like, you win. You win. <laughs> you get it. Yeah. You know, panties are like fifteen ninety six. Yeah. That's so much. Yeah. And then, well, you just have like I just asked. I'm like, do you need, do you need chonies? Because I see what goes through the laundry. Uh, and I'm like, there's no possible way this boy has enough underwear. I know. You know, and yeah, it's just a menagerie. Yeah. The male species a lot is great, but some of it, I don't know. And then Jeff, my husband, he buys socks and tries to hide them. What? Because oh. everyone takes them. Oh, okay. The whole, even my daughter, this and that, everybody. Yeah. So, whatever. Whatever. That's what they get. Yeah. So, I do have a, a, a little story that it... I was like, oh, I went to pick up my grandson last weekend, not this weekend, but the last, because they wanted to, did I already tell you no. we had him? We had him for the morning because they were cleaning. Oh. So I seen my son, like they live in an apartment, and then where you park is by the laundry. Mm -hmm. And I said, gosh, that laundry laundry um, basket looks familiar. That heifer still has his laundry basket from, it's probably fifth grade. No. When I forced everyone to do their own clothes. Oh. Said, you get navy blue, you get ha ha ha. <laughs> and he's, it, it has no handles anymore, but there it was. I How said, cute is oh, that? It was a cute little memory. Yeah. And it's good that you taught, them, like you taught them early. Yeah, but I don't think any of those heifers are real clean anymore. No? Okay. My husband says I overdid it. Oh, okay. I don't really care what he says. <laughs> I tried to teach them to be good heavies. Yeah. Now, my older one, he does his own laundry. He, he's known how to do it for years. The younger one, I got to teach him. Yeah. The youngest is, I'm not going to say coddled. Everyone says they haven't made. No. The parents of that child are exhausted. <laughs> 
It's not that they're getting away with anything. It's that we physically don't have the energy to train up anymore. Yeah. Well, especially in your case, because you have well, a few. But anybody. Yes. Listen, we went through one. Yeah. And tried to do it all perfect, which was stupid, but we're done. Yeah. You know, my old, my older one will do that sometimes. Oh, well, you let him do this and this and this, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, yeah, I, I think you're right. <laughs> but that's how it's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> if you want to do it, go right ahead. Yeah. But otherwise, yeah. Yep. I, like, I, I'm not going to lie to the kid. No. I, yeah. I'm tired. You're tired. It's not a coddling situation. Because it's not like we consciously are like, you know what? I'm really going to make that older one mad and let yeah. the younger one do this. No, no. we're just tired. We're tired, people. Mm. And I heard one time that the first one's like the first pancake you make. What? It's like a little, like we kind of mess it up. Oh, Because okay. we want it to be perfect. Which okay. isn't the truth. You know, they're all great. But I'm just saying, you want perfection so bad with that first child. Yeah. Then you realize this will never happen. Only yeah. God was perfect. Let's just give up. I don't know if I looked for perfection. I just didn't want the kid to die. <laughs> like, is this going to kill him? Mm -hmm. Okay, well, I think we're all right. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I I don't know. Like this there, I, I, if we're being honest, yeah, there are things all of us as parents have done. When you look back and you're like, that really should have killed that child. <laughs> you're right. I'll never forget there. Well, oh, oh. <laughs> There's two examples really. There's, there was one time we were at the coast, we're at the hotel, and we're going down the stairs. For some reason, we're going down the stairs at this hotel. And uh, we were holding his hand, and he, like, broke away from our hand Aww. for some reason. That kid went... He just bounced from step to step and, down to the bottom. Uh, he was fine. You said, all right, get up, let's go. He like, you know that pause where yeah. you, you don't breathe? And he was like, oh, he's okay. All right. Yeah. Another time, he was oh, young. Oh, Lord Jesus. We're in the front yard. Because with the first one, you've got to like oh. find things to do. You you know, you're the entertainment. Yeah. And you think it's your job. Yeah. yeah you don't, I didn't know any better. So we're in the front yard. I don't know. We're hee-hawing around in the yard. And uh, he gets some sort of little rock in his mouth. Oh. And he starts to choke on it. Oh, Lord. And I look, because I didn't want to panic. I look, I'm like, I don't think that rock went down. <laughs> I I just stuck my hand in there, or in the finger, yeah. and I just ripped it. Well, not ripped, I but know, I but you fished got it. it out. Was that the right thing to do? Like, if you went to a child class, and <laughs> is, was that the right technique? Probably well, not. No. But I got it out. You got that sucker out. You would have put your fist down his throat if you had to. Yeah. I know. It's like there are, there are so many like books and this and um, that. And it's like, do they have kids? Because most of the time, no. things like that, they just happen. It's not like you, you're like... Oh, well, yeah. I'm going to prepare for this. Yeah. No, stuff happens and you got to deal with it real quick. Yeah. I remember when I had mine, and maybe it still is, I'm too much out of the loop. <laughs> Let your child cry. There is no oh, way I could have done that. Yeah. And you know, they're only little ones. Yeah. I couldn't have done it. So anyway, there we are. I know. I know. So maybe you could get them some panties. Maybe. But see, then here's the thing, Amy. Then I'm thinking five steps ahead. They already have underwear. Then okay. I got to wash all this extra underwear yeah. when it's not needed. You're right. Let it out. Mouthwash it is. You know right. Then they just spit it down the drain. Yeah. And it's already in the closet. God, I don't have to go over to Walmart and get... Oh, how lovely. I got toothpaste. <laughs> I've got... What, we have so much... Like, just like bathroom stuff. But yeah, that's about all that's going on. Just going with the flow. That's all we can do. Would you like to get started? Sure. Okay. Alrighty. Get our prayer going.
please. All right. Lord, we thank you for those with us, that you would guide our thoughts and actions to bring you glory. Strengthen us and fill us with your peace. May we love and serve each other as Jesus has shown us. Fill us with the Holy Spirit to do your good work on earth. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, I got to put my readers on because now yeah. I can't function without them. That's true. Okay, so we are focusing on Song of Songs and 1 Kings chapter 11, but first we're going to do a recap of Proverbs chapters 10 through 24. These were the Proverbs of Solomon. We read many verses that contrasted the godly or righteous person with the wicked. And these ver those verses were intended to communicate the general truth that the life of the person who seeks God is better in the long run than the life of the wicked person, a life that leads to ruin. Mm. And that's how all I had for there. Was there anything you wanted to add? No, I think that's good. It was so good. Okay, now the opening paragraph for Song of Songs, it's the 22nd book of the Bible. It was written by Solomon sometime between 971 and 931 B.C. It is a wedding song honoring marriage. The most explicit statements on sex in the Bible are found in this book. It has often been criticized because of its sensuous language, but the purity and sacredness of love presented here are greatly needed in our day in which distorted attitudes about love and marriage are commonplace. God created sex and intimacy, and they are holy and good when enjoyed in marriage. A husband and wife honor God when they love and enjoy each other. You know, reading Song of Songs again, it yeah, it's intimate. It is intimate. It very much is. Okay, yes. so chapters uh, 1, 1 through 2, 7, we'll start there. Were there any verses that stood out to you? Um, I just have... Um, a little thing on one one saying that the Song of Songs is a series of seven poems, not necessarily in chronological order, describing the first meeting of Solomon and the peasant woman, their engagement, their wedding, their wedding night, and the growth of their marriage after the wedding. And um, I also have a note about one one. Okay. And it says... Um, this book features three characters or group of characters. The girl, which is the young woman, Solomon, the young man, and a young woman of Jerusalem. The girl who caught Solomon's attention may have been from Shunem, a farming community about 60 miles north of Jerusalem. Her tanned skin indicates that she probably worked outside in the vineyards. Song 1, verses 6. Thus, she may not have been from the upper class. The young women of Jerusalem include either members of Solomon's harem or workers in the palace. Hmm. How I, about you? Yeah, I highlighted verse 7. Tell me, my love, where are you leading your flock today? Where will you rest your sheep at noon? For why should I wander like a prostitute among your friends and their flocks? Yeah. And the note for that said, the girl felt insecure at being different from the women of Jerusalem and at being alone while her lover was away. She longed for the security of his presence. The basis of true love is commitment. So in a relationship built on genuine love, there is never any fear of deceit, manipulation, or exploitation. You know, you think about, I know you, I got married at 21 and um, you too, like our marriage is like, we depend on each other mm -hmm. and I could tell my husband anything as you could I'm sure and I know he would never exploit me like I know yeah there's a security about that mm -hmm. a secureness I guess so I don't know that that was so beautiful what you just read I just did you have anything else in that section um I have, where are we going to, to 2-1? We're going to be going up to 2-8. Okay, so I have 2-7. And it says, Promise me, a woman of Jerusalem, by the gazelles and wild deer, not to awaken love until the time is right. And then on my note, it says, Feelings of love can create emotions that overpower reason. Young people are too often in a hurry to develop an intimate relationship based on their strong feelings. 
but feelings aren't enough to support a lasting relationship. This verse encourages us not to force romance, lest the feelings of love grow faster than the commitment needed to make love last. Patiently wait for feelings of love and commitment to develop together. I had just the verse itself. I didn't have a note on it or anything. Mm -hmm. But, it, you know, it said, his left arm is under my head and his right arm embraces me. Oh. I just thought that was romantic. Isn't that lovely? Yeah. That's beautiful. Oh, two six. Yeah, yeah two, six. two six. Yeah, I loved that too. Anything else for there? I don't. Okay, so let's move on to chapters two eight through three five. And the note for this section, it said, in this section, Solomon's beloved reflects on her courtship with Solomon, remembering the first day they met and recalling one of her dreams about their being together. Anything for here? I have. Right here on three, three, mm -hmm. three, three. Yeah. The watchman stopped me as they made their rounds and asked, have you seen the one I love? Mm. Just precious. It Just is. little preciouses. I had highlighted um, 215. Catch all the foxes, those little foxes, before they ruin the vineyard of love, for the grapevines are blossoming. Oh. When I first read that, like, I didn't put too much into it uh -huh. but then reading the note i was like oh okay so the note for 15 says the little foxes are an example of the kinds of problems that can disturb or destroy a relationship the lovers wanted anything that could potentially cause problems between them to be removed often the little foxes cause the biggest problems in marriage these irritations must not be minimized or ignored, but identified so that together the couple can deal with them. Yeah. Well, I also had two, the 12 to 12. Okay. The flowers are springing up. The season of singing birds has come. And the cooing of turtle doves fill the air. And it said the lovers celebrated their joy in the creation and in their love. Joy in the creation and in their love. God created the world, the beauty of nature, and the gift of love and sex, and he gave us senses to enjoy them. Never let problems, conflicts, or the ravages of time ruin your ability to enjoy God's gifts. Take time to enjoy the world God has created. I love that. Very good. Yeah. I had, um, I'll read the verses. So, chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. One night as I lay in bed, I yearned for my lover. I learned for, yearned for him, but he did not come. So I said to myself, I will get up and roam the city, searching in all its streets and squares. I will search for the one I love. So I searched everywhere, but did not find him. The watchman stopped me as they made the rounds, and I asked, Have you seen the one I love? Then scarcely had I left them when I found my love. I caught and held him tightly. Then I brought him to my mother's house and to my mother's bed where I had been conceived. Aww. And then the note says, Many scholars agree that in these verses the girl is recalling a dream that caused her to become so concerned about her lover's whereabouts that she arose in the middle of the night to search for him. When you love someone, you will do all you can to ensure the safety of that person and care for his or her needs, even at a cost to your personal comfort. This is demonstrated most often in small actions, getting your spouse a glass of water, leaving work early to attend some function your child is involved in, or sacrificing your personal comfort to tend to the needs of a friend. Mm -hmm. And it is those little things. It is. That mean a lot. Yeah. Yes, sir. Anything else for that section? No, I don't have anything. All right, so moving on to chapters 3, 6 through 5, 1. And the, the note for there, for this section, says, Here the scene changes. Some believe that the wedding procession is described in 3, 6 through 11, the wedding night in 4, 1 through 5, 1, and the consummation of the marriage in 4, 16 to 5, 1. Another possible explanation is that the period of Solomon's engagement to the girl is being remembered. In the previous section, Solomon and the girl fell in love. In this section, Solomon returns to the girl in all his royal splendor, expresses his great love for her, and then proposes. The girl accepts, and Solomon responds to her acceptance. Anything here? 
Um, I have, but it's further. It's four fifteen. Oh, go ahead. So it says, "You are a garden fountain, a well of fresh water streaming down from Lebanon's mountains." And my note says, "Solomon's bride was a refresh. It was as refreshing to him as a garden spring." Could your spouse say the same about you? Sometimes the familiarity that comes with marriage causes us to forget the overwhelming feelings of love and bliss we shared at the beginning. Many marriages could use a course in refreshing. Do you refresh your spouse or are you a burden of complaints, sorrows, and problems? Partners in marriage should continually work at refreshing each other by an encouraging word, an unexpected gift, a change of pace, a surprise call or note, or even with the withholding of a discussion of some problem until the proper time. Your spouse needs you to be a haven of refreshment because the rest of the world usually isn't. It was really nice reading that. Uh-huh. Because it is, sometimes you get so caught up in daily life. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'll, I'm going to speak for me here. Like, I, I just get caught up in day-to-day-to-day-to-day. And it's like, well, so is Chris. Yeah. So I I don't want to put more pressure on him. Right. Yes, I know. And it's hard not to sometimes. Yeah. And, you know, hopefully it's reciprocal. But Yeah. Yes, for sure. How about you? You have anything? I No, I had the one that you read. Okay. Um, that's all I had for that section. So moving on to chapters 5, <clears throat> 2 through 6, 3... This new section tells how the couple's marriage grew and matured in spite of problems. Some time had passed since the wedding, and the girl felt as though some indifference had developed in their relationship. She had become cool to her husband's advances, and by the time she changed her mind and responded to him, he had left. Her self-centeredness and impatience, though brief, caused separation. But she quickly moved to correct the problem by searching for her husband. And Amy, would you mind reading... Uh, chapter 5, verses 2 through 8, please. Okay, let me see. Chapter 5, 2 through 8. Okay. I slept, but my heart was awake. When I heard my lover knocking and calling, open to me my treasure, my darling, my dove, my perfect one. My head is drenched with dew, my hair with the dampness of the night. But I responded, I have taken off my robes. Should I get dressed again? I have washed my feet. Should I get them soiled? My lover tried to unlatch the door, and my heart thrilled within me. I jumped up to open the door for my love, and my hands dripped with perfume. My fingers dripped with lovely myrrh as I pulled back the bolt. I opened to my lover, but he was gone. My heart sank. I searched for him, but could not find him anywhere. I called to him, but there was no reply. The night watchmen found me as they made their rounds. They beat and bruised me and stripped off my veil, those watchmen on the walls. Make this promise, O woman of Jerusalem. If you find my lover, tell him I am weak with love. She's weak with love. She is. And so the note for that section says, Inevitably, with the passing of time and the growth of familiarity, a marriage will start to lose its initial sparkle. Glances and touches no longer produce the same emotional response. Conflicts and pressures may creep in, causing you to lose your tenderness toward your spouse. The world is not a haven for lovers. In fact, external stress often works against the marriage relationship. But you and your spouse can learn to be a haven for each other. If intimacy and passion decline, remember that they can be renewed and regenerated. Take time to remember the commitment you made, those first thrills, the excitement of sex, and your spouse's strengths. When you focus on the positives, reconciliation and renewal can result. There you go. Sometimes you just got to refresh a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little refresh. That's right. Uh, anything else in that section? I don't have anything else. I had verse 16. His oh. mouth is sweetness itself. He is desirable in every every way. Such a woman of Jerusalem is my lover, my friend. Oh. And then the note said, the girl calls Solomon her friend. In a healthy marriage, lovers are also good friends. Too often people are driven into marriage by the exciting feelings of love and passion before they take the time to develop a deep relationship. 
This involves listening, sharing, and showing understanding for the other's likes and dislikes. Friendship takes time, but it makes a love relationship much deeper and far more satisfying. Anything else? I don't have anything on that part. Okay, so moving to 6, 4 through 7, 9. Anything there that you saw? I do. Four, 7, 4, and 5. It says, Your neck is as beautiful as an ivory tower. Your eyes are like the sparkling pools of Heshbon by the gate of Bathrabim. Your nose is as fine as the Tower of Lebanon overlooking Damascus. Your head is a majestic is as majestic as Mount Carmel, and the sheen of your hair radiates royalty. The king is held captive by its tresses. And then my note says Heshbon was the ancient capital of the Amorites. Bath Rabin, Rabim may have been a gate of Heshbon. The Tower of Lebanon may have been a watchtower, evidently a prominent one and seen as very beautiful. Some suggest that this refers to the Lebanon mountain range. Mount Carmel overlooks the Mediterranean Sea and Palestine. Now, I didn't have anything for that section. Oh, Did you have anything that else? That was all I had. Moving on to chapter 7, verse 10 through 8, 4. Uh, anything for there? I had um, seven thirteen. There the mandrakes give off their fragrance, and the finest fruits are at our door. New delights as well as old, which I have saved for you, my lover. And um, it says mandrakes were a somewhat rare plant, often thought to increase fertility. Mandrakes are also me mentioned in Genesis 30, 14 through 17. Remember, they kind of looked like a little person. Yes, yes, yes. Like a root. Yes. I and forgot we're like, about oh that. Oh, my gosh. Yes. I would compare them to ginger. Would you? Yeah. Now that I remember what you were talking about. Yeah. yeah. I think. Let's see. Was there anything else in that section? That's all I had. How about you? So I had a few verses before that. So oh, you read okay. 13? Mm-hmm. 7, 13. Okay, so I had 10 through 12. Oh, okay. I am my lover's, and he claims me as his own. Come, my love, let us go out to the fields and spend the night among the wildflowers. Let us get up early and go to the vineyards to see if the grapevines have budded, if the blossoms have opened, and if the pomegranates have bloomed. There I will give you my love. In the notes it says, As a marriage matures, love and freedom between marriage partners should increase. Here the girl takes the initiative in lovemaking. Many cultures have stereotypes of the roles men and women play in lovemaking, but the security of true love gives both marriage partners the freedom to initiate acts of love and express their true feelings. There you go. Okay, so there's the ice maker. There it is. Moving on to chapter 8, verses 5 through 14. Anything there? Let's see. I have 14. It said, um, well, first 13 said, Oh, my dog, darling. This is what the young man is saying. Oh, my darling. Lingering in the gardens, your companions are fortunate to hear your voice. Let me hear it too. And the young woman says, Come away, my love. Be like a gazelle or a young stag on the mountain of spices. Mountains of spices. And it says, The love between Solomon and his bride did not diminish in intensity after their wedding night. The lovers relied on each other and kept no secrets from each other. Devotion and commitment were the keys to their relationship, just as they are in our relationships to our spouses and to God. The faithfulness of our marital love should reflect God's perfect faithfulness to us. Paul shows us how Paul shows how marriage represents Christ's relationship to his church, and John pictures the second coming as a great marriage feast for Christ and his bride, his faithful follower and his faithful followers. Many people have thought the Song of Songs is an allegory showing Christ's love for his church. It might be even better to say that it is a love poem about a real human love relationship and that all loving, committed marriages are reflections of God's love. Very nice. Yeah. Did you have anything? I didn't have any. I had that, but I didn't have anything else. Okay. So that is the end of Song of Songs. Very pretty. It is. It's a little dead. It is. 
we move now to 1 Kings 11. And Amy, would you mind reading that opening paragraph where it says Solomon made? Solomon made a practice of marrying foreign women to solidify political alliances in spite of God's clear instruction that the king of Israel should not do this. As a result, Solomon began to add the religious practices of these foreign wives to his worship of the Lord. Solomon introduced these detestable religious practices to the nation of Israel, leading their quick decline from the spiritual high point of the dedication of the temple. I was thinking about this, just what you read, because we're, everything we're reading, it's all leading to Jesus. Mm-hmm. So is part of the story of Solomon's life, because he was so wise, but he did fall. Yeah, Is part of that be, to show that man is just fallible like he's going to make mistakes he's going to trip up he's going to sin and jesus is going to be the only one in my opinion when i read that and what i know about solomon this is just my opinion that all of none of us are perfect Mm -hmm. we are all going to sin and a man as strong as solomon was he was not perfect he failed Mm -hmm. and he is in heaven with Christ. He, he loves even those who fall. If you are a child of his, if you are a predestined child of God's, just like Solomon, you can. Yeah. So I guess, did I answer it? I don't know. No, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. All right. Because I was just thinking, we've, we've read about so many instances of, of people, yeah. of kings, of whoever, who... Maybe start out strong, start out with a close relationship with God, but ultimately they do sin. They do fall to sin. But, you know, when, so we're all just waiting for Jesus. We are. Ultimately. Yeah, and he did die for all of our, you know, but like um, the Bible says to repent. It doesn't say, oh, accept Christ as your Savior, this and that. Its main thing is repentance, mm. in my opinion. Yeah. Now this just I'm just a human, but no, thank you. I yes. wanted your take on that. Yes, that's that's my take, and you know him bringing those foreign wives. Oh my gosh, all of oh. those foreign wives. That's just how it starts. Mm. Just like a little bit, then a little bit, then you know, cor- yeah, and then it just got out of control. Yeah. It sounded like yeah. All right, so in First Kings chapter eleven verses two and three, it said the Lord had clearly instructed the people of Israel. You must not marry them because they will turn your hearts to their gods. Yet Solomon insisted on loving them anyway. He had 700 wives of royal birth and 300 concubines. And in fact, they did turn his heart away from the Lord. That's crazy. I mean, it's not crazy. It happened. It it wasn't frowned upon then. But my goodness, thinking about it in 2022. (gasps) I know. Goodness. In the note for that, it said, Although Solomon had clear instructions from God not to marry women from foreign nations, he chose to disregard God's commands. He married not one, but many foreign women who subsequently led him away from God. God knows our strengths and weaknesses, and his commands are always for our good. When people ignore God's commands, negative consequences inevitably result. It is not enough to know God's word or even to believe it. We must follow it and apply it to our daily activities and decisions. Take God's commands seriously. Like Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived, we are not as strong as we may think. Mm -hmm. I think about a sermon I heard once about letting little things in that you don't think matter and then they become a big thing. Like like a college that hires someone, their, their Christian college or school district and they hire someone that kind of has the same theology, but a little bit off. Oh. So they hire them. And then this person says, well, I have this um, mentor that has mentored me. He kind of believes what I believe, but, you know, it's a little bit. Then they let that. You can just see the deterioration of the what their theology was. Just a little crack started Just little, it. little. And yeah. just like the family. It started with these little things being let in. Mm. And now the family, it's not even, doesn't even matter. 
moving on in that same section, Solomon, he built pagan shrines for his foreign wives. The Lord was not pleased and told Solomon his kingdom would be given to one of his servants after he dies. Solomon's son would only be ruler over one tribe. Anything else you want to go over in this section? I had um, uh, 1 Kings 5 through 8, mm -hmm. where um, I had Ashtoreth was a goddess that symbolized reproductive power, a, a mistress of the god Baal. Moloch was the national god of the Am Ammonites and was called detestable because its worship's rites included child sacrifice. Shemosh was the Moabites' national god. The Israelites were warned against worshiping all other gods in general, and Moloch in particular. Look at that mess. I mean, one god is a mistress of another god? They're all sick. Yeah, yeah. And that, these type of things... And this thinking is still going on. Yeah, it's no different. Exactly. Mm. You're exactly right. Okay, so nothing else for that section? I mean? don't. I don't. Okay, so let's move on to verses 14 through 25. We learn of the Edomite named Hadad. Edomites were Israel's enemies, and King David defeated them during his reign. While almost all the male Edomites were killed, some escaped, which included Hadad, and who had headed for Egypt. Any notes or anything for that section? I just have Edom was the kingdom southeast of the Dead Sea. David had added this nation to his empire. It was, it was of strategic importance because it controlled the route to the Red Sea. Edom's revolt was disturbing the peace of Solomon's kingdom. Moving to chapter 11, verses 26 through 40, we learn about one of Solomon's officials, Jeroboam. He spoke with the prophet Ahijah. Is that yeah, how you say it? I would say it that way. Because you know if I say it in my head, I'm like Ahijah, but that's not it. It's or Ahijah. Ahijah. Ahijah? I don't know because the J is... Well, I messed up on that last time okay. with Adoniah. Okay. So it's, I'm thinking it's Ahijah? I don't know. Ahijah? Okay, well, folks, we're just going to go with that. Who tore his cloak into 12 pieces and told him the following. Amy, would you mind reading 1 Kings chapter 11, verses 31 through 33, please? Not at all. Let me get to it here. Then he said to Jeroboam, Take ten of these pieces, for this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. I am about to tear the kingdom from the hand of Solomon, and I will give ten of the tribes to you. But I will leave him one tribe for the sake of my servant David and for the sake of Jerusalem, which I have chosen out of all the tribes of Israel. For Solomon has, has abandoned me and worshipped Ashtoreth, the goddess of the Sidonians, Chemosh, the god of Moab, and Moloch, the god of the Ammonites. He has not followed my ways and done what is pleasing in my sight. He has not obeyed my decrees and regulations as David his father did. Crazy. Yeah. I have a note for that. Sure. The prophet Ahiah or, predicted the division of the kingdom of Israel. After Solomon's death, ten of Israel's twelve tribes would follow Jeroboam. The other two tribes, Ju the other two tribes, Judah and the area of Benjamin around Jerusalem would remain loyal to the house of David. Judah, the largest tribe, and Benjamin, the smallest, were often mentioned as one tribe because they shared the same border. Both Jeroboam and Ahiah were from Ephraim, the most prominent of the ten rebel tribes. I love the visual, the prophet tearing his... Yes. His, his um, not his cloak, his... Uh, his uh, new, um, yeah, cloak. Is it a cloak? Yeah. I Just him tearing it. Yeah. And this is what it means. Exactly. R exactly. Now, Solomon would remain leader until his death, but the kingdom would be taken away from his son and the ten tribes given to Jeroboam to rule over. Jeroboam fled to Egypt after Solomon attempted to kill him and remained there until Solomon's death. That's all I had for that section. Did you have anything else? I didn't have anything for that, no. 
Okay, and then we'll finish up 1 Kings 11, verses 41 through 43. I didn't have anything for here. It's just one of those, it's a little clump of verses that says, hey, if you want to read more, it's yeah. in the book of the Acts of Solomon. That's what I have, too. Okay, and then the um, parallel verse is Second Chronicles 9, 29 through 31, and it really is kind of the exact same thing. Yeah. Exactly. Was there anything there you wanted to speak about? No, I don't have anything. Yet. Um, the piece of information we can really gather is that Solomon ruled over Jerusalem for 40 years and his son Rehoboam became the next king after his father's death. Mm-hmm. That's what we've got. And you think about David, yeah. the strength. Yeah. Yeah, but he wasn't perfect either, see? No. Nobody here is going to be getting a sticker for perfection. <laughs> Including us. (laughs) It is kind of sad, though, because you you have Solomon and, you know, he was, he built the the temples and he was the wisest and everything was just going so well. And then it just kind of took a nosedive once all of the the foreign women came into his life. Yeah. And he, uh, and it wasn't just the foreign women. I mean, he allowed these things to happen, all of these um no, all uh, of the idols, idol worshiping, yeah, to take place. Yeah, it's ju- yeah, but you know, in the same sense, it gives us hope. Yes, that uh, it's we will share in that family of forgiveness. Yes, yeah, amen to that. Amen. I'm telling you. Was there anything yes. else in here that you wanted to talk about? Um, I don't think so. No, no, mine is for next time. But yeah. All right, well, then let's give out some information. The email is basicbiblestudy19 at gmail.com, facebook.com slash mybasicbiblestudy, and the website is mybasicbiblestudy.com. Next time, Amy. Yes, Deb. We are going to be reading Ecclesiastes, the entire book. I love it. There's some good stuff in here. Yes, yes, yes. Mm Mm-mm. All right. So that will be fun. I'm looking forward to that. Me too. We're just chugging along. We sure are. Anything else? Have a blessed Christmas. Absolutely. Yeah. Gosh, I can't believe it. I know, me either. But, you know, just know our children will be getting new panties. Yeah. You guys are going to be set. Yeah. And all of our breath is going to (laughs) be minty fresh. That's right. Yeah. You know, no kidding. Can you Because you know what's going to happen. It's going to be December 20th. Oh, yeah. And they're going to be like, here you go. And there's nothing in the store. And I'm going to have to get online and pay $50 for express shipping. Uh-huh. And it makes me grouchy. Yeah. I'm not going to do it. Do you know I started asking them this at before Thanksgiving? You know, I know. I swear, we need to get some kind of big horn and say on December 5th, if it's not done, the horn's honking, and <laughs> we're, don't say nothing about a gift. Just get one of those big, um, sun, the sand, you know, those sand Oh, yeah, like, like Days of Our Lives yes. or whatever. <laughs> and I'm just like, listen, when, when this, this runs out, it's a mouthwash city. That's all you get. That's it, people. Yeah. And some dinner that day. You have a nice meal. Yeah. And that should be enough anyway. Oh, that's true. I mean, honestly, that's it's just about being with family and 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 love yeah. and Jesus, uh-huh. and panties and mouthwash. And panties and mouthwash. That may have to be the name of a book we write. <laughs> mm-hmm. That would be a good one. <laughs> I love that. Are you, are you having Christmas at your house? Yeah. Good. At three p.m. Oh, that's nice. How about you? Uh, in-laws. We do Thanksgiving okay. at our house. And then, and then you whip over there? Yeah, because, you know, it's less pressure. What time are you going? I don't know. Usually we go about four. Oh, that'll be pleasant. Yeah, right Good. in there. Now, apparently, we're having ham and oh, turkey. God bless. Yeah, that's very nice. I'm, I'm not a huge ham fan. You know, I'm not, but I haven't had it for so many years. I want to have it. Oh. And you know I made that new thing, pineapple fluff, that the whole family thinks it's delicious. It's really nothing. Yeah. But it would be good with ham. It would be. You know what I mean? Now, I like ham and eggs. 
Yeah, but not if it doesn't have eggs attached to it yeah. or a hash brown. I don't know what to do. Yeah, make some pineapple fluff and whip it in there. What is in your pineapple fluff? Pineapple fluff is so ridiculous. It is pretzels, Mm -hmm. chunked pineapple, Cool Whip, cream cheese, and a little sugar. Now it calls for like a lot of sugar, but I do not put a lot. I put just a tad. Yeah, and they think that the world is. (laughs) Oh my god. But it's so tough. It would be good with the, with the ham. Yeah. It would be complimented. Yeah. My mother-in-law used to make something that Jeff's grandmother made. Oh. And it was walnuts, pineapple, and it was like a pudding thing mm. with ham was so good. But I don't have a recipe. Oh, that's a shame. It's fine. It's nice when the recipes are passed down. Yes, it is. But that's okay. Yeah. I have my own. I'll flip up there. And what's so sweet is you can pass those on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So Because you're are. a really good cook. I'm really not. No, you are. I'm Amy. not. I've told you. Like, no much is better than you. That Bible is in front of you, friend. Do not even start with that. I think you are. Okay, listen. Of the, like, three things I know how to make. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I, now, I excel at heating up. But as far as... Excel. <laughs> I'm great at heating things up. You, like, make things fresh. You know how to look at something. I'll never forget. We were oh. we were at the RV. I was just telling you about this not yes. too long ago. And uh, this was like, what, five, six, seven years ago? I don't even know now. And uh, you had leftover chili and something else. Yeah, I think it was some meat or something. Yeah. You're looking at it. You're like, okay. We're going to make this, this, and this from these ingredients. In my brain, <laughs> turned inside out, I was like, she is the smartest woman I have ever known. Not really. Because it's... in my eyes, it's like, we're just having steak and chili. <laughs> steak and chili. But you're like, we're going to make a soup. We're going to do this with this, and it's going to be bone broth, and we're going to have this. And oh. I'm like, what is she saying? Well... It's because I had all those cows. I had to re-jig step up. You're like, oh, we can make a a biscuit out of this? I'm like, what? There you go. (laughs) You know, maybe, I know. It's it's fine. You had like eight amazing meals planned out from that. Well, thank you. I appreciate appreciate it. Like, I would have maybe thrown a tater tot in to break it up after three days. Like, listen, we got some tater tots. There you go. I still can hardly eat a tater tot because of Julie. Why? Because Why was that? I don't remember. I'm going to say for one year, she made beef and tater casserole way too much. Oh. And I didn't even eat hardly any of it, but they would say, I can't eat it again. Oh. And I'm sick of them. That's too bad. Tots are so good. They are. So is Napoleon. Remember when he put them in his pocket? Yeah. No tetratons. And I have been asked to make green bean casserole again because apparently there's only a handful of us who enjoy it. Oh, good. Everyone else in this family would rather take a... Well, I can't even say that. That's rude, and I'm not going to say it. They don't like it. That's too bad. It's good. Robin, do not buy French fried onions because I bought a mount for a restaurant. And I'm never going to use any of them. I, well, I'll take you up take on that. Take them all. <laughs> I don't need all. I bought them to make um, roast beef sandwiches and put those in, but, oh. you know, it didn't work. See, they vomit. I'll, I'll eat the, the little onion pieces yeah. cold. I'm like, delicious. I will eat the green bean casserole cold the next day. Oh. They're like, we're going to throw up. Oh. I'm like, it's delicious. I'll eat everything cold the next day. It's so good. Yeah. Well, good. Make a a, um, chicken pot pie. Oh, that sounds good. That's what I made this year with the leftover. That's smart. I made a soup, then I turned it into a... See? That's what I'm talking about. (laughs) And they loved it. And good for them, because that's what they're eating. Yeah. We're not throwing away none of that. No, 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 no. So it's fine. I think I'll have to make a double batch because there's going to be more people. Oh, good. Yeah. Please take the onions, please. I I will. 
a I will take you crate. up on it. Well, I don't need that many. Well, I'll give you what I have. I think Noah took some, and then I'm going to give you the rest. I can't. I bought two bags of it. I don't know who I think I was feeding. <laughs> it's a story of my life. <laughs> and let's all just agree as women. Yeah. How many times does the family members open the fridge and say there's nothing to eat? Robin, if they literally had to tend to someone, I don't know if they could do it. Do you know what, what Chris said the other day? And this is the first time he's been like kind of, he's usually not that bad. But I think he was just tired and was lazy. I'm like, honey, will you, he's like, he asked me, he goes, do, you, do we have any toilet paper, any extra toilet paper? I'm like, well, I'm not sure, so why don't we get some? So he went down the aisle, he yells, um, what kind should I get? Single ply, and he was serious. I looked at him <laughs> huh? because let's be oh, real. Yeah. The single ply. Oh no, you gotta you gotta bunch that up. You've got to use half a roll, especially if you're anyone of size. Oh goodness, who's getting one ply? I looked at him, and he didn't say anything else because what he said was mental. Yeah, it was dumb. It was dumb. I, he was just tired and didn't yeah. want to think. And that's fine. He, you know, he's been working six days a week. I understand yeah. that. But I'm like, just say, you know what? I'm tired. Will you go get it? Yeah. Don't, tell, don't ask me say. for single ply. No, don't say see What? You don't even need to use a Kleenex on your nose for that. <laughs> uh, it'd be the same thing. It would be. Blow it out. <laughs> <laughs> oh. It's the truth. I just have no words about that. One day we'll write a little sassy book and people can buy it. Yeah, but that's when our real sass will come out, maybe. Yeah. Panties and mouthwash. <laughs> <laughs> that's got to be the name. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> and we have to have one chapter about those stupid frogs in the... Oh, yeah. No, they are stupid. No, they're not stupid. But we know what happened there. Yeah. Yeah. If you just think it through, like, keep going with the story in your head. Where what did the Egyptians do with those frogs? I know that if the Lord Jesus didn't magic, not magically, but graciously take care of that, there was women out there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're looking at each other. Uh, yeah. All right. I guess we'll start here. I guess. You know, whatever. <laughs> whatever. I don't know. But anyway, I hope everyone has a good Christmas. Yes, amen. Have yeah. a lovely Christmas, and we will catch you. We'll, we'll probably record yeah. maybe before the end of the year. Good. But we will catch you guys later. Yeah, have a good day. <laughs>